0: Hey everyone, it's Kyla. Welcome to my channel where we talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Today, we're going to be talking about the inflation report that came out this morning, the CPI. I posted a question box on Instagram, and there was a lot of really good questions, so I wanted to set aside some time to answer those questions and just discuss the report in general today. First off, what happened with the report? The report came in pretty hot, so headline inflation came at, in at 9.1%. People were expecting a little in the high 8 percentage range, and so having it print over 9% is a big deal psychologically, but also just a big deal in general to have inflation that high month over month, it was over 1%. So prices increased a whole percentage point in the month of June. And for context, the Fed normally shoots for inflation to be around 2% for the whole year. So we got that half of that in like one month. And the reason that inflation was so heavy and high was because of energy prices, because of shelter prices. But then you also saw upticks in things like apparel and used cars. All of a sudden, the worry is that inflation is pretty broad based, and that's a little bit more difficult to navigate if you're trying to tame inflation. If it was just energy inflation, that's an easier fix because you know what you need to target. But if everything is going up in price, that's a little bit more difficult of a situation. The inflation report came in pretty hot. We are going to see a decrease over the next few months because things are pointing to that decreasing like gasoline prices did decrease during the month of June. Wasn't really reflected in that inflation print. Things came in pretty spicy. Let's get into the questions. If you did ask a question and I don't answer it, I'm really sorry. So I bucketed them into different categories. So we have contributors, we have market reaction, we have inflation report, and then the Fed. With regards to contributors, what is contributing to inflation? A question was government spending is doing this, right? Uh, No, not really, like kind of. So it's a lot of different things. Barry Ritzholtz wrote a really great piece, which I talked about in a previous piece that I wrote around the different drivers of inflation. And yeah, like government spending is in there, but so is consumer spending, COVID, the war, et cetera, et cetera. So really like what is happening with inflation metrics that we're seeing is of course the war. It's the weirdness from the pandemic and really if you look at the war right like that has put massive pressure on energy prices 50% of this recent inflation print was driven by energy prices which is much more of a result of a constraint on supply of energy versus the US government spending money right so it's driven by OPEC being like ah we you know we're all out of oil sorry and it's also driven by shale investors here in the United States being like you need to pay us before you take care of everybody else out there this is a rather unpopular opinion but i do think that we need the government to spend more i think that the fed cannot solve the energy crisis or the issues that we're seeing with food by raising rates. Like their lever for raising rates is just to make people stop buying things, but we really need to fix supply, right? So like the Fed is going after the demand side of the equation, the government spending money to make sure that we have a supply of energy that is stable is going to be the supply side of the equation. And I think we need to see that. The next question will lower gas prices help this and how much of this is caused by higher oil prices. So yeah, gas prices are a huge component of what we have seen they contributed 11.2% in the month of June. So the relief that we've seen in gas prices over the past few weeks-ish will definitely help a lot with regards to future inflation prints as long as they stay down. And I mean, the big point is that to the second part of the question is that energy is a huge driver of this. (laughs) Like you can see here in the inflation report, like look at those numbers. That's crazy. Gas is up 60%. Fuel oil is up almost 100%. Energy is definitely one of the biggest issues that we face and also the hardest to solve. And when you think about energy, that bleeds into everything else. So fertilizer is a component of natural gas and fertilizer goes into food. So fertilizer becomes more expensive. Food prices become more expensive. And the reason that fertilizer becomes more expensive is because natural gas becomes more expensive. And that's because energy is more expensive. And when you think about different products that require oil, which is like literally everything that is also going to make those things harder to manufacture. So yeah, that energy is a huge, huge component of all this. The next question was why are rent prices so high? So this is a function of the housing market, right? So a lot of people wanted to go into homes. They weren't able to, so they had to go back renting. Uh, There's also, you know, supply and demand mechanics there. People started moving back to the cities. The Wall Street Journal has a pretty good article about this where they're like, yeah, rent prices are super high, but we're going to see them go back down soon. I think that it's a largely a constraint of supply and demand. So people that wanted to go into houses weren't able to. So they had to hit up the rental market again. There's not enough homes. You see rent prices go back up because of that relationship. And also like the whole situation, which I've talked about before, of like how they calculate rent prices are kind of funky, like especially owner's equivalent rent, which is supposed to be reflective of how housing prices within this inflation metric so owners equivalent rent is what we use as housing prices that's a super weird calculation so rents are just kind of like going off market reaction did the market price in 9.1 so it is like the middle of the day right now here in the mountain time so let us see what is the spy is doing so the S&P is down a little bit, uh, but not a lot of it. When this inflation print came in, I think a lot of people were like, oh, dang, the market's going to have a big move uh, because like, yikes, 9%, right? You saw yields pop. So you did see some movement in the market. A lot of Fed action is already priced in. The market understands that they're going to go the you know the fast and furious mode. And so this outsized print was bad, but I do think that like bad stuff keeps on happening and the market has a margin for bad <laughs> at this point. I think the idea is that if the Fed could hikes fast and Furious, they're going to cut a venture sooner, right? Like if they go even faster, they'll cut even sooner. So somehow, some way, uh, this inflation print might have been bullish <laughs> over the market. But I don't think that's the most important thing, right? Like how the market responds on a one-day basis. It's much more of how the market responds on like a one-year basis. That's much more important for most investors. And a lot of this is about managing expectations. So making sure the Fed has food and energy prices as a core part of their analysis, which they do. And the Fed even has pointed out like they really cannot control a lot of this stuff. The Fed knows that they can't control food, the Fed knows that they can't control energy and they know that they have to get those two things under control. Why is the dollar increasing? So the dollar acts as a safe haven. The world is melting, so people are going to go to the dollar as a safe place to be despite all its problems. The United States is still seen as like the top government, especially right now with, you know, the yen melting down, with China in lockdown, Russia invading another country, Europe is going mega into a recession, and with the Fed hiking, that is going to provide much more strength to the dollar too. So it's a function of higher yields in the US, so people are like, yeah, like I see the Fed hiking, there's going to be higher yields over there. Like that's going to be a good place for me to park my money. So demand for dollars increases. It's really a combination of safe haven and then also demand for dollar assets. Do you expect a recession? <laughs> I've written so much about this. I'm actually going to take all my recession related pieces and organize them and <laughs> re- reevaluate it because in general, it feels like the data is strong, but it's starting to weaken. We're a house, right? Like the economy is a house and there's some rotted wood <laughs> in the house. And the wood could go out any any moment. It could go out in a few months, it could go out in a few years. But the thing is you got to take care of that rotted wood in order for your house to have a strong foundation. So that's more of what I'm worried about is like the foundation of the house. Like I'm a little bit worried about what data is true. Jason Furman said that he wasn't sure about data print being true or not. And then used to have this like big gap between GDP and GDI. I think there's more risk to a recession than there was just because of what this high inflation print means for, for the Fed and how they're going to move forward. And so some weakening in labor metrics, but overall things are okay-ish, which I know is not cool to say, but like, you know, you have a weaker jobs report that was still strong and you have really high inflation, but like that's going to begin to abate. So what is the Bank of Japan going to do? So Bank of Japan, man, so they own half of all government debt and the yen is continuing to spiral as they face their own inflation worries. There's very high uncertainty of the economic outlook over in Japan, but it's really an interesting thread to pull because of the Fed and QT. So Japan is a huge buyer of US treasuries. And so if we lose that, that's going to be not good at all. We don't really, we haven't really had a discussion about QT. So with QT, the Fed is strengthening their balance sheet and the Fed is such a big component of different markets at this point, especially like mortgage backed securities, agency backed securities that we are going to see potentially like a dry up of liquidity there and more debt will have to go into private markets versus being held by the Fed, which does increase contagion risks. So I think there's sort of this interesting thread about you know the connection of all the central banks and how involved they've been in markets over the past couple of years, what is going to happen to crypto? Is Bitcoin an inflation head? A hedge? Crypto right now trades like a gross stock. It's going to move like tech until that relationship decouples. It's kind of hard because a lot of institutional money flowed into crypto and they treat it as a risk asset versus a hedge. So a lot of retail money flowed in too. So it's more prone to bigger whale moves. Also the contagion from three arrows capital still has to ripple through as well. That has caused like just dominoes tipping within the space. So it will be interesting to see what happens also with SBF and FTX and if that can help it decouple more SBF was essentially like I'm going to come in with my $2 billion and make sure the crypto industry is doing okay SBF could help it decouple from being treated like a tech stock just because he would come in with his FTX and Alameda money which definitely would increase concentration but maybe it would help with contagion so the inflation report what is the actual inflation rate I mean you can look at things like true inflation to get a better idea of what is actual but like I have talked about this before is like the people who are like, data, data's wrong. Sure. Okay. Sh- definitely things are weird and wrong and everybody's lying probably to you. But I think what the Fed bases decisions off of is important. They actually look at something called the PCE, but they also take into account the CPI. We can talk about fake data all we want, but the Fed is looking at these metrics. And so it's super important. This is what one of my friends texted me and I thought it was really good. You have to understand technical definitions to anticipate decisions made by bodies using those t- technical definitions, even if they're right or wrong, right? Okay. Sure. We know, we know that inflation is a thousand, percent, But like, what does that mean for what the Fed is going to do? The Fed is looking at it at a different way. I know it's kind of sucky, but it's life. When is inflation going to peak? I think we have to see how the Fed responds. If they invoke enough demand destruction, that's going to be a huge component of peaking inflation. But I do think that we have to figure out energy and food, both of which require, as I talked about, different levers than the Fed is able to pull, right? How does this impact the labor market? And are people going to preemptively begin laying people off? So, right, this is a whole like vibe session an expectations-driving reality thing. The small business survey was released and people are still planning on hiring, but they're having trouble hiring qualified people. So that's where the weirdness in this labor market comes from, where some aspects of it are good and then other aspects of it are not. I don't know how it'll impact how people are hiring i do think that like people are going to look and be like whoa inflation is just raging out there and if we do get tightening financial conditions that's going to make it harder for businesses to be businesses and then also a stronger dollar impacts businesses that do business overseas so if you're a business getting revenue from france all of a sudden that revenue from france isn't going to be as valuable because of how strong the dollar is so i think that's kind of like putting pressure on businesses i think also you've seen wages just flatline and that's really disappointing from the perspective of like it's hard to afford things but i think it's good from the perspective of a wage price spiral people get paid more from companies companies end up raising prices because they're paying people more and then people no longer are able to spend their paycheck the way that they thought they were able to because prices got raised and so it's kind of like that feedback loop that we want to avoid will we have a soft landing powell has stated that it's going to be hard to achieve that there's still a significant amount of headwind that has to be somehow navigated in the face of the (laughs) increase increasingly upset and rightly so consumer. And we also have pressure from the war and from lockdowns in China. There is the possibility of having a soft landing, but I do think we have some headwinds that are going to make it a little bit more difficult to fly the plane. So are they going to do hundred basis points? Do hikes actually work? Uh, so yeah, I think they have the way to do hundred basis points. they a strong jobs report, even though there were some parts of it that were weak and ripping inflation kind of gave them as much room as they want, I think, to raise. And I do think that we could see hundred basis points just to show that they are so credible, that they are taking this. Very seriously, with regards to hikes actually working. So they manage demand. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but they manage demand. And we really need to manage supply right now. So, like, that's kind of the mismatch there. The Fed is a vibe destroyer, they destroy vibes. Mm-hmm. But we really need a vibe supplier. Can the Fed fix the whole world's inflation? That's actually the responsibility of other central banks. So, Canada actually just raised 100 basis points, which going back to that previous point about the Fed do- doing 100 basis points, uh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So like now that Canada kind of set that precedent, this will give the Fed a lot of runway. Maybe we could see 125. I think that Powell wants to also protect his reputation though. So we could see some, uh, some, some weird tooling from them, some surprises. Some would say some surprise monetary policy stuff. I'll link to like more in-depth analysis around like, the numbers. Let me know if that was helpful. Let me know if you have any more questions below and I will be back very soon. And I hope that you all are doing okay. And I'll talk to you soon. And if you want to go ahead and hit subscribe, it always helps. I'll talk to you. Bye.